Welcome, welcome, welcome to Jay's Corner. Today is a beautiful night in April. Hope everybody's having a great COVID-free, vaccinated, or at least mentally healthy in your own retrospect. Today, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about the Black Lives Matter founder and some of the heat that she's under. So, I'm actually not even going to go too far into like the gist of it, the names of the story, but I'm sure if you guys want to check it out, you can just Google search Black Lives Matter founder and see what's popping off with her. Uh, but one of the reasons why I'm bringing the podcast tonight is I want to talk about a little bit about what some of the issues she's having. You know, I I, I've, I have my own theories about Black Lives Matter, but one thing I've noticed right now is she's been in the news a lot, and I actually haven't been following the news as much just because I'm trying to avoid trauma porn. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that next on the next episode, but I'm definitely trying to avoid trauma, trauma porn right now and just, you know, Limit my intake of a lot of this uh, events in the media and life events. Um, one thing I would tell you, everybody is listening, always limit your intake. If you feel like some of this information is coming getting you too emotional, whether it be sad or angry, happy, down, definitely limit your intake. Um, we're in the realm of social media and just news outlets in general, blasting news at us almost simultaneously Monday through Friday. And, you know, it definitely takes a toll on the mental and physical health, too. So definitely limit your intake. Uh, but specifically about the Black Lives Matter founder, um, one thing I've noticed, she's in the news right now just about her purchasing of a house. And essentially, she bought a house that is one of her residential homes in the L.A. area, which, you know, I, I'll do some research a little bit later. But just from the gist of it, you know, if you go off the top of my head, I know that houses in LA area anyway from one to two million dollars and up so you know she probably has a very prominent neighborhood where I know she has prominent celebrities but essentially she paid the house money with some of the Black Lives Matter money that they were receiving and a lot of people particularly with Brianna Taylor you know some of the families are coming out and essentially saying that you know Black Lives Matter haven't really done much you know they they mentioned their names but they haven't really helped out and, you know, I think that's definitely a troubling piece. But, you know, also, you know, we definitely get into this realm of what what is Black Lives Matter. So that's what I'm a little bit here to talk about today to show you guys. All right. So now we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about Patrice. Let's look, let's look her name up because I don't want to butch no one's name. Patrice Khan Kulos. She is the one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. And essentially this week, she's been in trouble because a lot of people feel like maybe she's using some of the money from Black Lives Matter to fund some of her private and residential homes. So she's actually saying that, you know, she hasn't used any monies of donations for her property now, which that could be very true. But I think one of the issues is now coming out is, you know, where's the money you're using for? And essentially, if she's being paid by Black Lives Matter, um, George Soros or, you know, other affiliates is it coming from donations is it coming from grants like where is the money coming from and i think that's the big question i've always had with black lives matter um so just a little little back backstory maybe about six years ago um i was teaching in dc in dc and i went to a black lives matter meeting and you know i had a lot of issues with the meeting overall it was a great time i felt like it was very productive I do feel like a lot of the information in the meeting was genuine, but I always had an issue with their pillars. Um, 
So, uh, and actually, funny thing is, Black Lives Matter, they they always had an issue with whether if it was, you know, regional versus local versus national, and that was one thing I always had an issue with. So specifically, well, at this meeting, I asked, uh, you know, was this part of the local chapter, which was the D.C. local chapter, but was this part of the national chapter, and they weren't. And, and I think when you're thinking about funding, um, especially from a lot of like uh, nonprofit organizations, a lot of those organizations get funding either from grants or from different subsidies from the government. But overall, a lot of times they're getting funding from various different avenues or private donors. So, you know, when you think about a nonprofit or organization, which is the same thing, you really want to think about how and where they get their money from. So. I, th- I think, you know, this this topic really sparked me because it's interesting when you think about how Black Lives Matter is very prevalent with the slogan, but I think there's a disconnect between what is Black Lives Matter versus what actually Black Lives Matter is. When you think about the slogan BLM, you know, that's a slogan a lot of many, not only black people, people that have African diaspora, people that maybe even be of a Hispanic heritage, or even people that just want to be allies, they support it because it represents a cause that is, I hate to say it, anti-white. And, you know, when you think about why minorities want to be anti-white, it's because of America. America makes you hate whiteness. I mean, for the sense that they shove it in your face every day. But it also make you resent it because when you think about some of the injustices that whiteness gets allowed along gets away with you know this is the, just the very reason so it's funny because when you think about black lives matter the symbolism of it is very very deep and i think sometimes that's the issue where people try to figure out what is black lives matter there's two different aspects like everything with the black diaspora is very distinct and very complex so you know get used to it but i think that's definitely one thing that a lot of people have to understand about it that there's a symbolism of Black Lives Matter, and then there's a difference of what is actually Black Lives Matter as an organization. And as a as a person, you know, of the African diaspora from Native Washingtonian, you know, family is a Black, uh, Indian, white descent, I definitely feel like Black Lives Matter as an organization is very unorganized. And, you know, I've always had that stance, you know, because of, being an observer, but also just seeing some of their work. And I think now it's interesting because now that we've kind of like in a post-Trump era, because everything is very much in a radical sense, which it still is, but I think it's starting to taper off in different avenues. Overall, I do feel like a lot of people are now starting to realize that some of these, uh, what do you call it, woke organizations aren't so woke. And I think that's that's okay. You know, critique is always one thing, but we also have to understand that, like, now, you know, depending on who you are as an organization, you you have to adhere to certain standards. And I think I always found it interesting because, you know, it's coming out now, especially with Breonna Taylor and Deontay Wright and some of these other police shootings that are starting to occur now. You know, what role, and specifically with the uh, George Floyd case now in, in court, you know, it's on TV every day, CNN, you know, Fox News, where you name it. It's on there every day. You know, what role does these organizations that are, you know, essentially for racial issues, like, what role do they play? And I think it is, I always found it interesting that Black Lives Matter has never had a prominent role in paying out to these families, because I'm sure, you know, the the casual or even just the, 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 um, the very average consumer 
would see Black Lives Matter as a donation platform. You know, if you're really trying to fund a cause and you don't want to go out there and protest, you know, one thing I always tell people, you can fund protests. You know, you don't have to be on the front line. You don't have to be the person that is, you know, guns drawn or or trying to punch someone or get arrested for the cause. Nah, you can fund that shit from sit back and watching on TV. You know what I'm saying? Or you can fund it and look it up on the internet. But either way, there's many avenues to, to, to work and protest and work in activism. But I always found it interesting with Black Lives Matter that, you know, a lot of donations weren't specifically going to the actual people, you know, like that thought that was interesting because, you know, they have a prominent platform with victims, a prominent platform for a lot of people who are actually active in this space, but they don't really pay out. And, you know, I, I think that's unfortunate because we always think about all these police shootings and, you know, every time I hear about a different cop shooting, I think about Trayvon Martin, you know, even though that wasn't with the police and they weren't white either. But I always think about Trayvon Martin because, you know, that retrospect, you know, this is almost maybe 10 years later, you know, he was 18, going to 7-Eleven or a corner store, getting something to drink and a snack. And how many people you know have do that still? Or how many black men that are over six feet do that still with a hood? You know, but, but I think about the, the narrative because, you know, even all these years, I'm sure the families are still struggling. You know, or with Tamir Rice or Sandra Bland or, or you name it, you know, Freddie Gray. I mean, the the, the fucked up thing is, it's like it's, it's so many names. Like, and I think that's that's the problem where a lot of non-blacks don't understand it. It's like, you know, it, it, it's happened so much that black people are immune to it. But unfortunately, the world thinks they're immune to it, too. And it's like no realm and it's just everything in that sense. But I definitely feel like. You know, moving forward, we definitely have to question a lot of these organizations. And and I think the Black Lives Matter organization, you know, right now is a very telltale situation because you have two, you have an organization that has founders who are African-American, but also have the benefit off of this. I mean, I think we always think about, you know, from these sciences, you know, what these organizations are doing. But we have to understand organizations need to, in order to get it funded and to get it strong enough to where it can sustain, you have to pay the people to work there, you know? Now, I'm not saying you have to pay them being $2 million houses either, but but I do think that we are getting into the realm of philanthropy meets capitalism, and how does that intersect? How does that really flow? And, and, and I hate to say it, but philanthropy needs capitalism, and capitalism needs philanthropy. You need people that are able to, you know, profit, but also you need people that are able to provide too. We need we need both those realms if you if you're trying to make change. Like change doesn't happen with just a great idea or great thoughts. No, it, it creates it with action. And a lot of times now, more than ever, the action need that monetary value to back it. So if you don't have that money, you're not going to make that change. So I think you know the, this this instance is a great segue to where you see now. You know, do we need to fund some of these activists? Just like how we, you know, people fund politicians or fund different uh, lobbyists to, you know, to work with different policies and laws. Do we need to fund organizations? Do we need to fund activists? And more importantly, do we need to be sure where that money is going? Because I think there's a twofold to this one as well, especially when you think about the number of people that need Black Lives Matter to work, as well as the number of people that are looking to Black Lives Matter to as a replica. Because don't, don't think that if Black Lives Matter 
to seeds. There won't be a, a, a Asian Lives Matter or Latin Lives Matter, you know, or Native American Lives Matter to follow up because that, that's usually how it goes in this country. So we definitely have to understand that this model isn't just an ex, uh, an experimental phase, but it's also one that could be sustained for a long time. So definitely looking at what to take from it, what to go. But that's my spiel on the uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, I hope everyone doesn't bash the founder too much. Overall, everything black does work. Just like we praise everything white in this country, we have to make sure that everything black gets the benefit of the doubt. You know, I don't think there's no malicious intent here. I think, unfortunately, we're in the realm of conversations need to be had about capitalism and uh, philanthropy. You know, so now, moving forward, hopefully those conversations happen. And I hope it doesn't become a crabs in the bucket mentality. Anyway, it's your guy Jay here, and we'll talk to you guys soon, and I'll see you guys soon.